Ephesians chapter 5. We'll start reading at the first verse, Ephesians 5. Therefore be followers of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. But fornication and all uncleanliness and covetousness, let it not even be named among you as is fitting for saints. Neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. For this you know, that no fornicator, unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let, not, let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not be partakers with them. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth, proving what is acceptable to the Lord. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is a shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. For whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore, he says, Awake, you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Father, would you add your blessing to the reading of the word tonight? God, may our hearts and minds be open to the uh, word. May our spirits be quickened. May you reveal truth to us here tonight. God, we desire that manna from heaven. We desire to understand your word. And we know that your word is truth. Your word is life. Uh, you know, We know that you are washing, cleansing your church by the washing of the water, by the word. And God, it's very important that we spend time in the word. So tonight, would you take control of this uh, service? Would you uh, just uh, quicken these words to our heart? Would you, uh, by your Holy Spirit, move upon us right now in Jesus' name? Amen. When I was in Japan, uh, Kurt, my oldest boy, was just a kidney gardener. And uh, actually, he was pre-kindergarten. Uh, he wasn't old enough to go to the school on base yet. So <clears throat> we we enrolled him in a Japanese kindergarten, and he was the only child uh, in the whole school uh, that was American. So the, the little girls made over him. They thought he was King Tut, and uh, he thought he was King Tut because he'd walk in, and they, 
one of the little girls would hang up his coat and another would hang up his hat and and uh, they'd put his boots away for him and uh, they they just you know uh, they they never seen little blonde boys with blue eyes before you know so yeah uh, kind of kind of a different thing actually uh, I guess he has brown eyes but blonde hair you know so one day I'm taking him to school and over there the the ground when it rains it just turns to a big mud hole and uh they they have boots uh they call them machi boots and the uh, machi means town and so you wear these boots when you go to town uh they're just rubber boots like m- most farmers wear out to milk cows you know and uh, so i'm taking him to school and i'm walking him through the off-base housing area, and, and we're walking along, and, and uh, the mud's squishing under our feet, and uh, I'm kind of walking along. And he's trying to walk the same as I walk, uh, trying to mimic the very step that I'm taking, and uh, kind of reminds me of those TV ads where where a little boy he he's helping his dad wash a car and so forth, and and uh, uh, he's doing the same thing his dad's doing, and pretty soon his dad takes a cigarette, and, and so the kid pulls out a cigarette. Kids are like that. They're, they're, they're great imitators. And so he was imitating my steps, and this little Japanese woman was coming the other direction, and uh, uh, she began to laugh, you know. And uh, I normally just kind of bow to him. That's the custom over there, so I kind of bowed to her, you know. And uh, said, Ohio Gazimistan. She said, Ohio Gazimistan, but she kind of laughed and teetered to herself. What on earth is she laughing at? And then I looked behind me. See, I'd been whistling as I was walking along, whistling, and he couldn't whistle. So he started singing this little Japanese song that he'd learned in kindergarten. And. and the words go something like this: Ami, ami, huda, huda, bitty, bitty, chapo, chapo, da, la, da. And uh, so he he's singing along behind me and trying to mimic my steps. As, uh, and that's what she was getting such a kick out of him him speaking Japanese as he's going along there trying to follow Dad's steps. <clears throat> well, anyway, we need to be imitators of God. We need to follow in Jesus' footsteps. We need to imitate his walk in this life. He came to set an example for us. And in verses 1 through 7 here, it starts out, uh, therefore, uh, therefore, be followers of God as dear children. I mean, just as Kurt was trying to trying to follow my footsteps. We're to be imitators of God as dear children and walk in love. You see, God is love. And we need to imitate that love that he has for us to one another. As Christ also has loved us and has given himself, that's the way we're supposed to love. He gave himself for us. And we're, we're, we're to stop thinking about ourselves and, and freely give ourselves for God's service. 
Love is giving, not taking. Uh, John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he gave. And I just believe that we need to give more of ourselves in love to one another. Amen? In Luke 10, starting with the 21st, 25th verse, uh, you go through there and it, uh, it tells about the man who was going from Jerusalem down to Jericho and he fell amongst thieves. And uh, they, they took and beat him and they stripped him of his clothes and they left him half dead beside the road. And it says by chance there came along, first of all, there was a, there was a priest. And the priest saw him laying there. Here he is laying there half dead, bleeding, in real need, and it says that the priest passed by on the other side. Then, then by, there, there came along a Levite, and the Levite saw him laying there, and he had an opportunity to do something, and this is one of God's servants. This is one of God's people. And it says he passed by on the other side. I wonder if Jesus would tell a story about the people of today if he was to come back and say, well, here was a guy, he laid out here on 5 and 20 just happened to fall into the hands of these thieves and, and they robbed him and, and, and uh, they, they beat him and they left him half dead and left him laying out here beside 5 and 20 and, and uh, first of all, this pastor come by and, and uh, just left and let him lay there. And then one of the deacons came by and he passed by on the other side, didn't want to get involved. And then the funny thing about this story is there come a good Samaritan. Now Samaritans, the Jews didn't have any dealings with Samaritans because they were not God's people. They were half-breeds. Uh, you have to understand what happened after uh, the northern tribes were taken into captivity. They, they sent the, the lowest people of the land they left there, and then they sent some others from these other countries that brought their gods and stuff with them and, and occupied the land that's now known as Samaria. And so the Jews had no dealings with the Samaritans because they had a... Uh, a religion that uh, they worship God, but they also worship their idols. And so they didn't want anything to do with them. Yet this, this heathen, this guy who uh, you'd least expect to help anybody, he goes over and helps. Of all the people you'd expect to help, it would be the priest or the Levite or 
God's chosen people. And when, when we have more compassion from the unsaved than we do from the saved, there's something wrong. Why did they pass by on the other side? Well, maybe there was a lot of reasons. Maybe they were on their way to church and didn't want to get dirty. They didn't want to defile themselves because if you touch a dead man or something, you're unclean according to the Levitical laws. Maybe they just didn't want to... Or maybe they just didn't want to get involved. Maybe they were afraid that they would be robbed themselves. I don't know what the reason is. Sometimes we can get too busy. Maybe they were just too busy. Maybe they just kind of shot a glance at him and run on it in their own way. You know, sometimes Christians get so busy that they, they just walk right by needs and never even recognize them. I do. I know I do. It shouldn't be that way, but I know I do. You're so busy with your own life and with your own problems and with your own making a living and so forth that it just goes unnoticed or something. Matthew 24, 12 says, And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall grow cold. That's in the last days. How many of you really don't like picking up hitchhikers anymore? Man, you're taking your life in your own hands. Well, maybe that's the way it was with this deal there just outside of Jerusalem. You see, we live in the last days. It says the love of many is going to grow cold because iniquity shall abound. That means that we're going to stop showing the love of God that we're supposed to show because there's so much iniquity out there that we're, we're afraid that something's going to happen to us. But is that really an excuse? Is it really an excuse? We're supposed to love... You see, Jesus came knowing he was going to hang on a cross, but he loved us enough he did it anyway. Wouldn't that be the same as helping someone out here knowing you were putting your life in danger? That's the kind of love that Jesus had. And to the human mind, it don't make much sense. Why put myself in danger, right? And I'm not, I'm not pointing fingers at you people out there in the pews. I'm, I guess I'm talking to myself here tonight. Because I'm just as guilty as anybody else. God has given us a mandate. He, we are to represent Jesus Christ here on this earth. And how well do I represent Jesus Christ? That's the question. It says we're to walk in love. Second Timothy, it says that in the last days they're, they're ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. 
I mean, how many times have I got to read this book until I begin to live what this book says? How much of it have I got to put to memory until I begin to do some of it? That's what that means. They're, they're always learning and never, never doing it. That's the way they're going to get in the last days. We live in the last days, you know that? I believe that sometimes the ungodly show more compassion than God's people. Maybe, maybe that's why I hate picking up the book and Jesus turning around and I see him there saying, Where are you, you hypocrites? Maybe I've become a little pharisaical. I, you know, the Pharisees was the best that God had. Sure better than anything else that was around at that time. Yet they, he said that the prostitutes and the harlots and so forth are going to enter into the kingdom of heaven before they did. A Pharisee was one who knew the truth and yet uh, wasn't really fulfilling the truth, right? He said they make themselves beautiful on the outside and inside they're full of dead men's bones. Well, what's really in my heart? That's what I've got to ask, you know? We're to walk in love. First Corinthians 13 says, if, if, uh, if I give my body to be burned and, and, I, uh, and I, I do all kinds of good things and, and, and yet uh, I don't have love, then I'm, it's worthless. It's worthless. Love is so important, and yet I seem so far from getting a real good grasp on love. It's one thing to know it with your mind. It's another thing to put it into practice. You see, love covers a multitude of sin. Love does not go around uh, exposing sin. Love, love is, is uh, helping without expecting anything in return. And I've I got to ask myself, Am I really walking in the way that God wants me to walk? Then it says, walk in light. <clears throat> Verse 8 through 14. Walk in light. What's it mean to walk in the light? It means to walk according to the truth. You know, that what is in the light, everybody can see it. 
And I'm convinced we don't need more truth. What we need is we need to live up to the truth we have. We live in a day when there's more good preaching, more good teaching. People run to and fro and all over the place. Sometimes I get hungry for some good teaching. Everybody likes to hear good teaching, don't they? But the fact is, we need to live up to the teaching we have. I believe that I fall short in some of these areas. It says, walk in the light as I'm in the light, and you'll have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Christ will cleanse you, right? Hallelujah. I think that sometimes we become spiritually fat <laughs> as well as physically fat. We get all this good teaching, but we never put it to practice. It's not that I don't know what I'm supposed to do. It's just that I don't. How are we going to get this changed? I guess it, it's when you come to the realization that you're hurting God by not doing it. See, we don't do it to, get, to be saved. We do it because we want to please God, right? And when I don't live up to the Word of God, it must break his heart. When your kids don't do what you want them to do, doesn't it kind of... Bobby was talking about the light of the world here on Sunday night. We're the light of the world. How do people actually see us? What kind of a light are we? It says if that light is darkness... You know, then, you know, what good is it? If it's under a bushel, what good is it? We're the salt of the earth. And if salt has lost its, its savor, what good is it? God wants us to, to walk in, in that truth that we know. That's what he's saying here. Walk in that light. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus said, I always do the will of my Father. Isn't that nice? Don't you wish you could say that? I wish I could. I always do the will of the Father. Boy, that would be something. 
what is my problem? Don't I hear the Spirit as good as I should? Or am I too self-centered yet? Am I not dead enough to the flesh? What, what's the problem? Why does God have to knock me over the head to get me to do something nice that he wants me to do? And then last of all, it says walk in wisdom. Verses five, uh, 15 through 17. Uh, it says, see then that you walk circumspectly. Um, Carefully. Carefully. Proverbs 1 7 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Do we walk in reverence of who God is? I mean, have we become over familiar with Him? Is that possible? That we've become over familiar with God and, and we don't fear Him the way we should? Don't respect Him as we ought to in our lives? You hear people all the time referring to Him as the man upstairs and so on. But uh, I guess we in the Pentecostal church have seen more of the outpouring of the Spirit of God than anyone else, you know? And it's possible, I think, to become over-familiar. Now we've got to have something more exciting than we had last year. You know, uh, we run up and down the aisles and we, you know, there's something, that holy awe. Of being in the presence of God. We need that, don't we? We need that. Hallelujah. God says, you're a fool if you don't accept wisdom and instructions. And yet, he's give us instructions. How much clearer could he make them? I think they're very clear. Be thou holy as I am holy. Boy, if it's any place we fall short is in that area. I wonder what God would think if he came into our living rooms and, and uh, just visited us like he did in the upper room. You know, all of a sudden there he is in our midst. How many would uh, have to scramble to turn the television station or maybe just kick it off or... Uh, Throw, throw the VCR out or uh, turn some of their magazines over. Or, uh, are we really 
what we seem to be? Are we living our lives as we should before God? That's the question, isn't it? You know, live in love, live in light, live circumspectly. You know, Paul spent a lot of time at Ephesus, didn't he? Isn't that right, Sandy? When during his missionary journeys, he spent a lot of time at Ephesus. Seems like he wintered there and so forth. Spent a lot of time there. If anybody should have been well instructed, it should have been those people at Ephesus. And yet, this is the way Paul's writing to him. He's, here, l listen to verse 5. For this you know, that no fornicator, unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ or God. He's talking to Christians. He's writing this to Ephesus. Isn't that something? And yet, he had nothing but love for those people at Ephesus. You know, I think the thing of it is that we're all growing. We're at different stages, but we're all growing. I'm not what I used to be, but I'm not what I should be. But praise God, I'm not what I, uh, what I was either. <laughs> and so as the Holy Spirit begins to show me truths, then I need to try to live up to them. It says that we need to do this in order to redeem the time. Because the days are evil. And boy, that's a, that's a true statement for today, isn't it? We need to buy back some of this time for Jesus. Put it under the cross. It says, therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. The will of the Lord is... Even though my child was trying to imitate me, it was far from perfect, but it, you know, it gave, gave me joy that he was trying. You understand? It gave me joy that he would try. And I think that that's all God really wants from us. He wants us to try our very best to imitate him. Amen? I think that that's what the Scripture is saying. He wants us to buy back the time. He wants us to redeem the time. He wants us to make the most of it. We're never going to pass this way again. Let's do the very best we can for Jesus. Amen? Talking about people doing their very best. I, I can understand why Gil isn't here tonight. Him and Bert worked all day down there in that basement and, and sweating. Boy, he looked tired when he left here tonight. He's been down there the last two days. You ought to go down and take a look at the basement, see what they're doing down there. 
we're figuring on putting somewhere around uh, over $2,000 in that basement so that we can have a decent classrooms that we can be proud of when, our, when, the, when we send a parent down there with their child, they come in for Sunday school. You don't have to go, oh, they're going down to that old basement again. We're going to have some nice classrooms down there. Not gaudy, but nice. Because there's some men that care. Cliff was over here working the other day. Lonnie's been here working. In fact, Lonnie's working on getting us a new sign out here. Amen. That's what it takes. Everybody doing what the Spirit of God motivates them to do. Redeeming the time. Getting the most we can possibly do for Jesus. And sometimes it's going to be an effort. But praise God. His Spirit, He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. And so we can try to walk like He does. And if I stumble and fall, He'll probably just reach down and help me back up dust me off a little bit and say, it's all right, son, and get me on my way again. He wants me to walk like he does, in love and in light. Amen? Charlie, would you close with a word of prayer, please?